So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. Today is going to be a really neat episode where we're going to really dive deep into some things that you should be doing in due diligence. My guest that I have on is doing really big deals and he's got a really neat perspective. Plus he has a construction background. Actually, he has a construction company that helps uh, really I believe helps him in this process of understanding all the things that go into a due diligence and where are the bodies hidden, right? In other words, where can you go wrong? And really in this business, it's really about the things where you can go wrong and, and all those things that can lead you to the dark side that we want to educate you on so you'll have a better understanding so you don't make the same mistakes. So before I introduce my next guest, I really want to tell you what's going on in Kahuna land. So two things. Number one, the Kahuna boardroom is coming in April. I believe it's April 16th and 17th of, I'm going to say, not April, October 16th and 17th. I got to check those dates. I, I'm not exactly sure if that's right. I'm going to actually write them down next time I start a podcast. We have a special going on. It's normally 7500 bucks to get into this event. It's currently only $5,000. And I'm just telling you, if you are truly interested in going to the next level and having me as a mentor and, you know, Without saying coaching, but kind of like coaching, because I only let 60 people come into this event. We only do this event twice a year. So because of that, I really give you lots of access to me and my team to help guide you, to help mentor you, to help you underwrite your deals. I mean, it is absolutely white glove. We 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 give you everything. We have a lot of done for you stuff. We provide you with my credibility kit. And we will customize it to you and we'll add uh, uh, myself as your partner so you get to use all my assets as part of what you have. So it, th- th- there's just a lot of things that you could really use and I will help you move your the needle forward for you. If that's you, go to kahunaboardroom.com and apply. Okay, that's the only way you have to apply to get in. You'll have to go through, uh, you'll talk with my wife. She'll vet you and make sure that we're the right fit. And we do have a payment plan right now. Uh, it's getting ready to go away here pretty soon, but we do have a payment plan for now. And then next, if if you're not there and you still just want, maybe you just want to like get some great online education, I highly recommend that you go to Kahuna HQ, kahunahq.com for $97 a month subscription. I will give you everything I've ever created online. So you just kind of learn at your own pace, but it is all there, my friends, all my, my cash flow calculator, my, my raising private money course, my apartments to millions course, all my docs, my LOIs, my PSAs, my cred kit, 
right? So everything that I that I use in my business is there for you. So please take me up on any of those offers. Would love to have you get to, to know you, get, just really start community with you. Um, and then just heads up, next spring, probably around, I say almost summer, May, 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 April, May, we're going to create a Apartments to Million Summit. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be really cool. Um, we've waited almost, we were going to do it this year. Glad we didn't because COVID happened, but it's going to be really neat. And I think that's a way to really get into the tribe come see who we are. And honestly, uh, it's going to be the place where you can meet money, deals, capital, potential partners. That event's coming up and it's going to be amazing. So guys, with that said, I my, my next guest, Jorge Abruye, I probably said that wrong, but it's close. It's close. His company's called Elevate, and he's got a really neat background. Um, he comes from a construction background as well, but he's really doing some some big things. He's doing, he's doing some big deals, and I'm not even doing big deals this big. He's figured out some formulas, but he's really going to help us dive in to the capital CapEx projects of like doing deal, due diligence and what that looks like and just really peeling back the onion a little bit. So guys, with that said, let's welcome Corey. All right, George, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, we're laughing right now. I'm laughing right now because I, I, I took a, I tried to say his name right and I, I just butchered it, dude. Like I do most things in life. I hack <laughs> at it. Uh, if I say it about 30,000 times, I'll get better. That's kind of like my real estate career. Um, and the more I fail, I get better. So, you know, that's just kind of how I roll. <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, dude, uh, really excited to have you on the show. And really, uh, you know, we, we kind of talked about um, – before we got on, you know, construction and, you know, you got a construction company already um, and really understanding CapEx. Um, but before we even get there, I, I just got to understand, like, what the kind of deals you're doing, brother. You're not doing, like, little tiny deals. You're doing big, fat ones. Yes. Can, can we talk about the one you're doing now just for a quick minute? Yeah, so we've got a, we currently got a 850-unit one. It's one property. Um We've got it. We're raising capital for it right now, and um, it's a big property. Is it a five hundred six C? Five hundred six C. Well, then, how do my people go find it? Um, go easiest way is probably go to our site, elevatecig.com, um, and it's the investments tab. You can see the information there. All right, there you go. See, you hear it live. I, I just help you sell your deal. When, you. I want my. Uh, well, I don't can't even get a fee. I don't get nothing. Let's give a handshake. I guess we'll fist bump it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you a nice little. What's the purchase part. price on that? Did you say? Purchase on that one, um, we actually just negotiated it down even further. Uh, so we're at the COVID sell price. Yes, sir. For, Forty million. Nice, brother. Yeah. Listen, uh, that's huge, man. That's that's a, that's that is very respectable <laughs> because. I think about when I first raised my first million dollars, I was like, that was a big threshold, right? And then you start going to three million. And I'm currently on like about five to seven million dollar track, but you're talking about fifteen to twenty? Yeah, it's about right. I mean, we our last acquisition was a twenty two million dollar raise, and then um this one's gonna end up being about fifteen. Yeah. Okay. It's a little smaller. Just a little bit. A little smaller. But listen, I mean, hey. Truly, 
the bigger you go, the easier it is, or at least the safer the deal is, I think. Your power and you're, you're buying a big asset, right? A big, there's a lot of doors. So like, it's like a little factory. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, I mean, you got the economy of scales within one property. So. Yeah, it takes in uh, rent checks and it crunches them and sits out checks in the back door. Yep. Love it, man. <laughs> so let's talk about CapEx, dude. And like, because we talked about, CapEx, the real the title of this podcast has got to be more than meets the eye. Because everybody comes in, oh, this deal looks great. Ha! And then stuff gets real. Yeah. And and you yeah. find it on the due diligence. Am I right? Yeah, I mean things. Actually, it starts with paper. the first yeah, site visit. Your first site visit starts, you start to uncover cracks. Correct. Yeah, I stress that a lot to, you know, before we even get to the due diligence, when you're doing your property tour, there's a lot of things you can look at. I know one thing we like to do is we want to get into every down unit. We want to see how bad they are. Yeah. Because that can make a significant difference on your on your CapEx budget. Because they lie all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've caught. That's one just needs a little lie. bit. It's a yeah. burning unit. It's like down, down. Yeah. I can tell you about one. We, we went to property in Oklahoma, and we were asking to see all the down units. And the actual seller met us out there. So this was straight to seller. And they started taking us up the stairs to a unit and I noticed that uh, some units downstairs were, they were secured like with a bolt and everything. Mm -hmm. So I asked him about that. I'm like, what's going on there? And he's like, Oh, he started making some excuse or something. We walked back down. I noticed you could get into one. I'm like, well, it's vacant. Can I get in it? And he's kind of hesitant, went in and it was a whole flood. The whole bottom floor had flooded and he was trying to hide that. I mean, it's, Makes no sense because I mean it's gonna come up, you know. We're gonna uncover it. Yeah. But. Normally, I always say this, and you probably feel the same way. If a seller is talking, he's lying. <laughs> yes. Her, <laughs> her, he's definitely trying to skirt the issue. He was in his mind thinking, "Man, we could dry this thing out by time before we go under contract." Um, there you go. And yeah. they won't know. Yep. But you caught him. Yep. We, and isn't that what CapEx really is, is catching a lot of the stuff that, I mean, because I, I, I think a lot of sellers don't even know what's going on in their properties. Yeah, like, it's very possible. Yeah, they have no idea, like, how much CapEx or, or I mean, like, if you were to ask me, Corey, hey, what's going on in your properties right now? I'd be like, listen, I don't know, but I got a team that maybe can figure it out. But, I, I mean, I'm not going in there every day and checking it out. So, you know, I only know what I know. Right. But when you're on site and you're you got a team, you start to uncover a lot of things. You you actually going to know more than probably the seller in pretty quick fashion. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and then it's like the law: <laughs> whatever that you find can and will be used against you. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> Let's talk about that part. So I mean, and 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 what is your process? I mean, so let's let's start let's start with what is your process when you go into a due diligence? What are you guys trying to do? Uh, what's your team look like? And 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 you know, how do you methodically go through this stuff? Yeah. So as far as um the capex part of it or the deferred maintenance, a little bit uh, all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't get too much into the leases. I kind of let the team handle that part of it. But that's the basics. You know, just checking to make sure the leases line up with the rent roll and type of criteria they're using to get their tenants and whatnot. But um, when it comes to the construction part, so we've got, we want to inspect every single unit. We've got a team that's going in, going unit by unit. They've got, usually we're using a, a software. 
So they're checking exactly what we want, taking pictures of exactly what we want. What software do you use? The one we've been using the last couple of times is called HappyCo. I don't know if you've heard of them, but uh, it's user-friendly. Mm-hmm. I've used some that are a little not that user-friendly, and it's usually with the pictures and the way it goes in and out while you're taking the pictures. Yeah. Are you using, um, so uh, is that like an iPad or just everybody, people that's using through their phones? Both. Yeah. You can use it on both. Um, and then, you know, the, the important part is kind of tying that in on the back end with some numbers. Yes. So if you don't, if you don't do that, then it's just, so you're taking pictures, but you're also hopefully rating. Are, are you rating bedrooms, bathrooms? Like what about the, all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Appliances, uh, flooring, are you, does that software allow you to get um, numbers from appliances and stuff? Yeah, you can you can put whatever numbers you want. Or just on take the back a picture. I guess you can just take a picture of it, huh? You, I'm just saying. Take like, a picture of it, and then you can also grade it. Okay. Whether it needs to be replaced or not. Yeah, because sometimes we we've done this when we're when we're getting real detailed in our due diligence. We'll want to like catalog all our appliances and stuff, so we know which where appliances go because like sometimes appliance you know in unit two magically appears unit five yep (laughs) and and what happened to unit five i don't know right but we kind of want to know like we like to track that crap you know because it's if you don't track it measure it it will get lost that is very true especially when it comes to multifamily yeah there's so much people can steal all the time right i mean this is out the back door we could just talk about the dirt. Like <laughs> the dark side of multifamily is scary, guys. <laughs> it is, man. It is. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's how we get the interior units going. And then as far as the deferred maintenance and um, the exteriors, we bring in professionals where needed. Like so, we we scope all our plumbing lines. We'll have a, a licensed plumber come scope all the sewer lines. You know, that's not always a hundred percent. A lot of the times, you run into a lot of grease in the lines, and you can't really Unless you flush them yep. and then scope the line, you're not really going to know. But it gives us enough information to at least have yeah. an idea of what we're going to Is this going to be a real pain in the ass or as a business yeah. usual? Right. Roofing, you know, we, we definitely inspect the roofs. No matter, and this goes for anything, no matter what the seller tells you or the broker, they could tell you the roof was just put on yesterday. You want to get up there and, and inspect it. Foundation, you know, because there could have been wind. I mean, a lot of this is wind stuff too. Like a wind could take and pull up all the nails, and you're just waiting for the next little storm to show up. Yeah, no, and you bring up a great point. That could be part of your strategy, though. (laughs) Well, we've part of our strategy is if we we definitely want to go up there, and if we find uh, storm damage, we're having the seller, and this is in our contract where we have the seller file a claim so that we can get a brand new roof before we even. Either we close on it or we get the money, we get the, the claim transferred over to us. Yeah. And that's a nice strategy. Yeah. We've had that before happen to us and also to clients that we help through that. You know, there's a whole other thing if you want to go into that really quick. But I mean, the insurance company, when it comes to multifamily, it's not like residential for the most part. Yeah. They'll cover you. You know, they'll, they'll say, okay, your roof is damaged. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you this. In multifamily, they're going to come out and tell you no right off the bat. Always. You're going to send an engineer. The engineer is going to tell you, no, there's no damage. It's usually going to be a battle just because it's a lot of money. Yeah. No, we, uh, we've we've definitely learned this. Also, uh, there's a lesson in insurance. Make sure you're not paying a percentage of each building. Ask me how I know this because I've done this once or twice where, you know, sometimes some you want to have a uh, an insurance deductible that doesn't kill your, kill you. um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't kill the business plan. Like if you have a big windstorm, you got to be like, hey, $30,000, $40,000 deductible, 
covers it up. Or, you know, when you're doing a $20 million deal, it's a little different, but it's still, it's got to be significant enough that, or enough where it's not going to affect your business plan. And you still, and you actually get value for the insurance. Because we had a property one time where it's like, it was $34,000 a building to like, and I'm like, that's how much it cost me to put brand new roofs in. Why do I even have the insurance? Yeah. It's stupid. Oxymoron. Make sure so, you get rent loss too. Yeah, exactly. That could be huge. Yeah. And, uh, and you can find, you find, I always find like there's always some roofing damage on every property. Oh yeah. There's always going to be something for sure. Yeah. For sure. So we, foundation's another big one, at least here in Texas and in Oklahoma, you know, you've got oh, a lot yeah. of shifting of the ground. So we want to have somebody come out and actually take levels and, and see how bad it is and also see why it's happening. A lot of times it's just a drainage. If, if the water has got nowhere to go, but underneath the foundation, yep. then it's going to mess it up. So for the most part, you know, uh, we Watch also look at cosmetic yeah, yeah. during due diligence, which uh-huh. I've seen some investors not do. You know, we, we want to know exactly what it's going to cost us, not just the deferred maintenance, but also any upgrades we're doing. Signage. You talk about like signage, overall uh, landscaping. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're going to paint all the buildings, you're going to add cedar, Sign, you're going to yeah. put rebranded. Anything you're going to do to upgrade amenities, you know, if you're going to upgrade your amenities, uh, redo the office or leasing um, center. So when we're done with due diligence, we know pretty much exactly what it's going to cost. What your what your exact cost is to do the reno to to get it in, right? Yep. That's a big point. So a lot of people come up with a, a cost per door, that then and then that's all they do. Oh yeah, I got three hundred three hundred thousand dollars capex or half a million dollars capex. What they forget to do is do exactly what you just said, is to actually get real bids from real people and to really understand the cost of it. Because a lot of times, they're way off. They're not just off. They're way off. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. And then what? Then you're calling your capital saying, oh, shit, I need more money. Yep. And then all of a sudden, all your numbers are now, they're not jiving. Yeah, your returns are, yeah. Yeah, you're you're deleting everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's really better off to take the time to understand what you're going to get. So when you, when you, at the end of your due diligence, you're taking all that data, and if it's way more than you thought, what are you doing? Well, it's, you've got a chance, right? You've got a uh, your money hasn't gone hard yet. Ho- hopefully, um, mm-hmm. depends what market you're in, and you know Dallas. Obviously, people were putting money from day one. We haven't done that on a deal, but oh, dude, okay, hold on, we got to stop right there. We just got to talk about that for a second. Yeah. It just happened to me too, right? You're gonna love okay. this story, right? <laughs> so I'm this a Dallas broker, Marcus Millichap, right, on a property in DFW. Um, you probably it's called Arrow. It's a smaller deal. You probably didn't see it. It's okay. <laughs> too small. <laughs> yeah, too small. It's too small. So. I, I'm in a best and final with them, and I really think we're going to win this deal. So then he starts, to, the uh, broker's coaching me on how my best and final offer should look. And so he's like, well, you know, uh, probably look for some, you know, um, you know, good good portion of the money to be non-refundable. And as, as soon as the words non-refundable left his mouth, I'm like, whoa, whoa, bro, bro, hold on, man. I'm telling you right now, if you're talking about non-refundable earnest money, Let's cancel the deal now because yep. I don't do it. Like that's first idiots and I'm not an idiot, but I'm a good buyer. I'm not fast. I'm very diligent. But if you're looking to transact and get a paycheck, I'm probably your best bet hands down. And it was funny because I did, because I pushed on it so hard. Mm-hmm. He walked it back. 
he walked it back. And what he was telling me is like, well, that's what the seller's expecting, right? In other words, that's what he told the seller. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and so I was like, okay, well, hold on. Let me give you all the other information and give you my background and my history of closing so you can use that to sell the story of why you still should pick me. And because that's what brokers want a lot of times. They got to they gotta sell us. They told the story to a seller and then they got to tell a new story to justify why I'm still the best bid, even though I'm not going to go hard. Right. No, <laughs> you nailed it, man. It is telling a story, though. You know, to get some of these deals, you really got to have the best story. That's the, yeah. the buyer. But um, yeah, we, we don't do the day one hard. Yeah. So uh, you, you, so because that now you have leverage. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, honestly, even if it's, if you messed up and it's more cosmetically, I mean, it is what it is. You still have that leverage at that point and you can yeah. go back and. Cause you got all the information and you did it the right way where you collected real bids. Right. And you can use that as, so that's, that's where I wanted to go with this is because what most people do is they look at stuff and they don't really have any um, true bids or, con, you know, if you're going to have a roofer look at it, roofer, give me a bid yeah. on this project. If the plumbing looks jacked up, give me the bid. Give me all the bids to fix it all. So then, you know, if you're going to do landscaping, additional landscaping, or like it's jacked up, get bids. Right. No, I've seen buyers say, well, yeah, I, I inspected the plumbing and, uh, you know, the plumber told me there's issues here and here. And I'm like, okay, well, what's it going to cost? Oh, he didn't give me a price. Like, okay, well, what are you going to do with that? I mean, <laughs> it goes nowhere. Right. Yeah. And so again, like, so a lot of times this is the whole part of like what brokers job, like brokers are stupid. Can we all agree that brokers are stupid? I can't I, say that. I love them. I love them. I work with too many. I know. I do too. I do too. I love them. But if you're listening right now and you're a broker, gosh damn it, just forgive me for a minute. Okay? Because <laughs> I'm going to make some generalizations that are not typically true with the great ones. But a lot of them go into this other category, which are absolutely idiots, in my opinion. Because... They just tell shit stories to sellers. And so you've got to go back, and that's why you got to have all that ammo, because they've got to tell a story. They You have to give them a story to go sell to the seller. Yeah, yeah, it's collecting ammo. And that's if you don't have all that paperwork and you slam them with paperwork, there's a good chance you're not going to go get your price reduction, because that's why you do all this stuff. Correct. A, a to, know, to really know your number, but the other part is to... If it's significantly more, which, listen, it's always significantly more. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to make it seem like we always go back to the seller and try to get a discount. I mean, we don't unless it's, you know, something we didn't see. And uh, yeah. on the property tour, I see a lot. You know, I, I know what we're kind of that's the whole numbers. That's the whole part of knowing more than the seller, yeah. right? The seller thinks they've got a gym. You're thinking, no, this is a shithole, okay? <laughs> and it's going to cost a lot of money to fix it. Okay, because you didn't tell us about this, this, and this, John. Right? You lie. You, you, you know, you, it's not a gem, bro. It's broken. And right. um, dude, we had one time. There was a property that we had where somebody on the second story was taking diapers and just <laughs> throwing them like that on top of the roof, dude. That's funny, man. We just finished doing one of the roofs um on that portfolio. It was a real shit property. show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally. <laughs> yours was literally. This one was just they were taking their trash, like bags yeah. of trash, and yeah. throwing it onto the roof. 
and the roof was full of bags of trash. Give a picture of that to a seller. Hey, they're like, oh no, the property's great. And then you show them a pile of shit. Yeah. And they're like, oh. Literally a pile of shit. <laughs> and I mean, so sometimes those pictures tell, you know, it's funny, but that's really what, you know, what you're doing by doing a really good, thorough due diligence, having bids, you're creating opportunities to negotiate in good faith. It's not even like you're trying to be malicious, but right. you're just trying to be honest of like, listen, here's some things that are really broken that would it's not in the normal uh, thing. We're, we're, we're figuring that we're going to buy a property that's running and operating for, you know, somewhat well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all the ma- major things work, but then when you start finding things, oh, like listen, your roofs are all dinged up, and they're gonna, they're, they should, you should have replaced them, but you didn't, right? And you know you didn't, and so, yeah. but I'm gonna have to. So why should I? You know, I don't make any money on roofs. Let, like I don't get to get charged more rents for. Hey, you got roofs, so we're gonna give you a twenty five dollar bump. No, right? <laughs> and we asked for a lot of info up front too. I mean, we asked. You know, for all the details on what they've spent on CapEx and certain other things before we even get there. So, I mean, if the more they disclose at that point, the more prepared we'll be. But if, if they don't want to disclose much and then we get there during due diligence, yeah, they've, they've got to expect it. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, you're not trying to pull punches. You're, you're just trying to be like, we're just trying to do good, clean business. Yeah. And that's really what it all comes down to is like some operators do it really well and then other operators they just don't care and when you look at it from the other part of the perspective like you just said you're raising you know 15 20 million dollars that's other people's money you have the absolutely responsibility to do a good job on your due diligence yeah to me i mean it's just lazy man yeah there's no other word for it i mean because you have to sleep at night it takes a lot of work to i mean we literally walked 1,275 units. That was the portfolio we closed before. And then we walked all 850 units. It's not easy. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Yeah. When you think about due diligence too, like what's your biggest uh, places where you've seen people really hide stuff? Like where do you see skeletons? Uh, like I mentioned before, the down units for sure. They, they underplay that big time. And then plumbing. I mean, there's a plumbing issue. They know. You know, most likely it's backing up all the time. It's it's there. Not so much on the roofing. Uh, I guess somewhat. You know, we've we've had some. Well, seller, I always seller. say water, right? Or like flooding. Yeah, yeah. Or they say it's a new roof, and it's just it's it's not a new roof. They did a really crappy overlay, or they just coated it and just hiding the really bad roof underneath. Mm-hmm. I would say those are probably the most common. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, and those are, there's a lot of skeletons in there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can find like, oh gosh, you know, we found mold one time, like mold, hiding mold, hiding mold. Mm-hmm. Hiding it. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why I say, cause like you keep, keep painting over it, but you're like, wait, what's that? Yeah. It looks like mold. Oh no, 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 no. Well, hold <laughs> on. That's some design work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you go out to, um, these bigger properties, what kind of team do you bring when you go to a due diligence as far as like your physical team? I'm not talking about the contractors that show up, but yeah, what, what does that look like? So, um, you know, I, obviously I use my construction company to go out there. So I've got a couple of my estimators will come out, uh, some of my project managers, depending how much we've got going on internally. At the same time, then the property manager yeah. will come out, whoever's going to manage the property. 
Do you guys manage your own properties? In-house, we don't. We've, no. uh, we started with third party and then, uh, last couple of deals we've actually co-GP'd with somebody that has in-house. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm okay working with both. I think you've got to manage the manager either way. Uh, absolutely set expectations. Yep. Uh, I think eventually maybe we'll go to in-house. I'm not thrilled about taking that on. I mean, it's a Dude, whole other I, business. I come, I come, that's, I'm in the same boat, right? Yeah. I think about it all the time. And then I'm like, do I want to have an office? Right? <laughs> Cause it really gets into my sunsets and palm trees life it starts, <laughs> starts cutting away from all the fun. Yeah, and then man, I got like cool. a, I feel like I'm going to get a chain of ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of employees. <laughs> yeah. So I keep saying no, but part of me says if I can control the culture and the, and the, and have a better product or at least control my product better. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, it definitely comes with that. That's for sure. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the team size, obviously that depends on how many units we're walking, yeah. but not counting the subcontractors or whoever, it's usually about half and half, half of my construction company. And then the other half is the property manager. Yeah. 10, what is that? 10, 10, 12 people probably. Yeah. 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 Right about there. Yeah. And usually how many days are you staying on property or, or... you know, the, the 1300 unit portfolio that took us a full week. Yeah. Um, it was brutal. It was like in Houston, a hundred and something oh, degrees. Yeah. yeah. That was a rough one. The one that we're working on now, the 850 unit one, that only took us about, I want to say it was three days, like three full yeah. days. Yeah. I mean, we don't mess around. Like when we go, that's, that's what we're doing, you know, yep. till yeah. From the morning. Yeah, I, I say we typically spend three days. Like, well, day one is kind of like we. If it's a smaller property, we do smaller. Ours are usually 150 units, 200 units, right? Yeah. No, so day one is like set up and kind of and like run comp sets. Day two is we start doing unit, unit inspections, and then the, every day we're meeting contractors to get mm-hmm. bids on things, right? And, and trying to line up, and that's the important part is trying to line up all your contractors to be there yes. while you're there. Yes, you got to. That's a full time gig too. It is, man. It is, and you got to have. So that's usually I've got one person. It's either myself or someone else that's kind of in charge of that. And then the first couple, <laughs> you know, I tried doing both, yeah, being, doing the inspections and stuff, and also managing, and it was just a disaster. But yeah, you you got to plan it out right. Yeah, because every every vendors are coming on the, on site, and and you want to you got to try to get them very specific what you're trying to find. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes I mean, what you're trying to do is get them to give you an inspection without paying for it. Like that's what I always try to do. Right? It depends what they're doing. I mean, you know, for the, scoping the, lines, we're paying. Yeah, but like yeah. for the pest guy, right? That's going to do my Correct. pest control. Correct. I'm not paying them to go check my property. I'm like, hey, listen, we're going to be needing a pest control person, and we want you to figure out and find and report to us what you have, what you find. Yeah. And that, that one's been hit or miss for us. I mean, we've, uh, shoot, we've had, I know one, some will do it, some will don't, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. We had one guy for free and he literally went into every single unit yeah. and spent the entire time with us and then couldn't get somebody to go for free and at least check the exteriors. And it was, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, so that's always our attempt when we're, and sometimes, so we don't have a construction management, so we're not trying to do, um, but we're trying to get, do not exceed bits. So I call that do not exceed bids because these are the bids. These are not the bids that we're going to use when we do the jobs, but these are the bids that we are going to submit to the seller. Right, right. Right, those nice big uh, company, uh, you know, likes to work on multifamily bids. Um, we like to get those bids because then we, when we actually go submit it for like the roof, sometimes you just need the roofer. 
not the big roofing company, but just like the roofer, <laughs> the guy swinging a hammer, you know, or you yeah. know what I'm saying. But like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Sometimes that's a big discrepancy in you know, and it's the same roof. Mm-hmm. So no, it'll definitely be a price difference. You just gotta the guy with the hammer just. Make sure yeah, got, and that's the and so that really is a benefit for you having your own construction company, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I I've always seen it as a benefit. You know, we we control. It's the same as property management. You know, we control the people being brought onto our property and how they're being vetted and making sure they get paid and yeah. just avoiding any of those issues. Yep. How did you come up with the uh, name Elevate? Man, I've never. I've had people ask me about the construction company, the J and T. I've never had somebody ask me about the Elevate. Yeah, screw J and T. Let's talk about Elevate. It kind of came to me and my partner. We were. Uh, I know we were. So we we did coaching with Dave Lindahl. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm I'm on, I'm on his board. Might cool, as well. Cool. cool. Ten years ago. I'm an OG, uh, bro. Nice, nice. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Um, he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He paid so way. What's that? I said he paved the way. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real. So I don't know. At one of his events, we we were we had decided we were going to do multifamily. Um, we were doing single family before that, um, and we just thought about elevating, you know, elevating the wealth of individuals, elevating the community where residents live, and just felt like a good fit. It's fit every way around. Elevate yourself. Elevate everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Create better communities. That's a good. It's, mm-hmm. it's something you get passionate behind. Right. Yep. So. Couple, couple quick rounds of questions. I think we've we've kind of nailed down some uh, why you want to get uh, do a really good job with due diligence because a it'll 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 save you money by understanding what your real costs are. So that you know because you may or not may or may not want to do a deal, right? Mm-hmm. It'll help you negotiate into a bad deal. Yeah, I hope you, it helps you negotiate a little bit better. Yep, absolutely. Because if you get the if you do it right, and with your team, you know, team in there, I always say, man, everybody learns more when you go. When you're on site, anytime you can, and kind of that's kind of like your, it's a different event that creates team building. I don't know how you feel about it, but I, even if we walked away from a due diligence, which very rarely, you know, from a deal that we're going to do, very rarely really happens. It's only happened once so far, but team building is huge during those events because everybody's kind of together. No, I, I've never thought about it that way, man. But yeah, especially the way we, we usually will, we'll get an Airbnb, yeah. like a big house. Everybody yeah. will go there. It's almost like a business retreat. Yeah. Because everybody's breaking down what they, you know, it's like the conversations after, because for you guys listening right now, if you've never been on a due diligence, what you see (laughs) is some interesting stuff, man. I mean, you see some hoarders, you see, I mean, the filth that people live in sometimes. And then you see these clean people like, Right next to the cleanest people you ever know, like the next door over, is super clean. And then by a junkyard dog right next to him. Man, I know, I think of one unit that <laughs> nobody wanted to even walk into. It was just dog feces everywhere, oh. everywhere you stepped. And somebody was living there. Yeah. Literally every single corner of that And unit. sometimes they're there while you're there, and you're just like, I'm going to not try to look at what's going on. I can't even make eye contact at this point because yeah. I feel so embarrassed. He's got to be embarrassed. It's bad. But right? it creates great, great stories. You're right. <laughs> but those are the stories that happen at the end of the day. That's the breakdown. And, and like, and everybody's just, it's really, I can't describe the atmosphere to say, but I say that it's, 
it is truly unique and genuine and it's fun. It's a little bit of excitement and because it's a new opportunity. It's not the same grind that most of your team members are doing on their normal. And so it's a way to kind of celebrate. Yeah. And we always make it to where if you're invited to a due diligence, that's you're on the special team, right? Like, for our managers, because we sometimes bring a, a new manager just on the team to experience it, even though they're not going to be running the property, but for them to get invited to do the unit, you know, to do unit, unit inspections, right? You know, someone's got to do it. So that's just a team member. But if they get invited, that's like stepping up. Like, so, you know, it's like giving okay. recognition to you're on the due diligence team. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Because they're, now they're talking with the owner. And, you know, because I don't interact with my team, all, you know, and I'm sure you don't either, but they love being around it. Yeah. And they like to say that's the owner, that's the guy, right? Yeah. That's who we work for. And he's a good dude, right? He's a normal guy. It is not a suit. Because yeah, most people assume point. that most of us are suits. And right. I feel like most of us are not. Good point. Yeah. Most of us are not, from what I've seen, at least. Yeah. We're just guys that decided to do something a little bit bigger and challenge ourselves. Most right. of us are not scared of rolling up our sleeves either and, you know, getting a little dirty too. Yeah, exactly. All right. So kind of going on our lightning round here a little bit. Uh, by the way, thanks for sharing the due diligence piece because, like, I don't think people understand that that's a big piece of the, the pie when you're out there looking at properties. Right? Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree. What book are you reading? Right now I just finished uh, Three Feet from Gold. Oh, I, hold, God, I heard I Joe that. Joe Fairless mention it, and then yeah. um, I checked it out. It's, it's a good. That's one. a good book, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I like the way it's it's written, and yeah, it's good. Yeah, it really is. It's really talking about you know, you know, and a lot of us. So we're three for you know, if we're just keep on picking, we're so close. A lot of us don't even know that we're so close. Yet you know, what? Oh, that's the story was the guy that he uh, he bought a mine, and mm-hmm. he was. Picking, 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 and he just uh, he decided he, to go. He went he the wrong way. Yeah, he went the other. He went the wrong way. Yeah. And so, but the other guy was a little smarter. He's like, "Hey, I don't know anything about gold mining. I'm going to hire a geologist, <laughs> right? Because he, did he didn't diligence. know anything. Yeah, he did his due diligence. And his finding was he was three feet just the other way, and it hit the mother load. And yeah. I'm like, that's really that is. Apartment investing 101. Yep. Right? Yep. That's yeah. what we yeah. just I mean, talked about. Get, Due diligence. Yeah. Getting the team. Give you give you all the information. So because we are usually three feet from gold. Yeah. No, I know people get tired of uh looking at properties and, and submitting LOIs and you know you've done you've submitted a hundred LOIs and you've looked at uh, 150 properties. Well, you look at two more and you find a deal or yeah. you stop. Yeah. And here like how many deals does it take to make you successful? You know, one, maybe. If you're doing a $20 million deal, it's just one. <laughs> yeah. But listen, I mean, I, I think about my first deal. I bought a $3 million deal, right? And I sold it for eight, 8.8. 8. Bought it for 3.2, sold it for 8.8. 8. That's a hell of a deal. <laughs> the, the one, five years later, that deal set me free, right? And I owned like 60% of it. So, like, I got a big, fat paycheck, so I always say one deal will set you free in multifamily. It's not, it's not the same as doing a little uh, uh, one single family home when you're buying scale of economy. Correct. Right. And really that's, that's, that's the game. It's all about that cash flow and, and what it provides, but more importantly, what it provides to investors too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
What piece of advice could you give our listeners? Like when you think about your career in multifamilies, what could you, what would you want to transfer and tell somebody, tell our audience? You know, I kind of always go back to this when I, when I get asked this question is just uh, focus. You know, there, there's so much noise out there right now and with social media and just everything's in your face, pick what you're really passionate about. If it's multifamily, okay, you know, focus on it and conquer it and then maybe pay a little more attention to the noise and, you know, maybe go do another, I don't know if you want to do some single family after multifamily, probably nobody's going to do that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Or at least focus on getting your Jeep and having a new hobby. Right. So I always find yeah. new hobbies get focused on. <laughs> yeah. I need to do better at that, but yeah. <laughs> I'm but, too focused on the business. Yeah. But, but that, there is something in that though. Right. A lot of us, uh, Especially nowadays, there's so much things that are trying to grab our attention, but keep your eye on the prize. For sure. That's, that, that is what has made me successful as well, is I've always kept my eye on the prize, and I got better and closer to the dreams and goals, right? Yeah. So it's about. Cool. Well, listen, um, if people want to get a hold of you or find out more about your company, what you guys do, how do they find you? Um, like I mentioned before, website's probably the easiest, which is Elevate. CIG, Commercial Investment Group.com. We're all over Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Can He's also... got a good marketer. Thank you. Yeah. Who uh, does that for you? Uh, someone that you know or someone you hired? I do not have to say the name. No, so, no, it's not a. I mean, I was doing a lot of it myself till a few months ago where we brought on a VA. Okay, good. You just taught her all, your, all the stuff you're doing and said, now you can do my job? Yes. The jobs that I was doing? Yes. But yeah, I've always been a little passionate about marketing too. I just, I love it. Yeah. But uh, if they want to shoot me an email as well, it's Jorge or George, but it's spelled Jorge. J J. Man, see, you screwed me up on that too. I wanted to say it was Jorge. If somebody but, asked me what my name is, I hey, say George. Someone said, I was like, hey, because I was asking another friend that, I, that knows you. And I was like, is it Jorge, right? He's like, no, it's George. I'm like, well, shit, shoot. I got that wrong, and then I try to stab at your your last name. I'm like, I can't win. Abreu, it's, it's easy. No. Abreu, there you go. Jorge Abreu. Yep. See, boom. I got it at the end. That's all that really matters. <laughs> so, email me Jorge J O R G E at elevatecig.com. If you shoot me an email, I can send you guys a due diligence checklist. I've got a whole slide I put together on CapEx and how to hire a general contractor. Awesome, dude. Cool, man. Hey, listen, let's take him up on that offer. I'd love to have him like have a thousand emails in his email box and, uh, or something like that. That would be cool. That, that, that'd be a good checklist to have, but hell, you might even get my email. (laughs) (laughs) I could, Hey, the one thing that I'm always uh, not afraid to ask is for help. Um, yeah. And so, because uh, this business, uh, people can help you. Uh, trust me, you will not know everything. It's part of the reason I do a- too, which is yeah. what I love. I mean, yeah, I- they do, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, listen, guys, uh, if you're out there today listening to this podcast, um, you know, there's lots of ways to, you know, shave a little bit of money here and a little there. Um, and understand this business a little bit better each and every day. Um, that's why you're listening to this podcast now is to get informed. And uh, thank you for that. But part of like what Jorge said is the power of focus, right? 
being focused is is probably one of the most important things you can ever do in life and in business because it will allow you to get to the next level. And a lot of that becomes, in, in my opinion, I think you need to focus on your belief, your belief in yourself, your belief in what you're what you're trying to accomplish and and to have your eyes so clearly on the prize that you'll never see or feel you'll see the obstacles but it'll never just uh, um, get you off your track you will always find a way to go around or over or whatever obstacles in the way guys because it all comes down in my opinion to belief if you believe it you can achieve it your paradise is possible <laughs>